Hey everyone, you're listening to the Sales with Kales podcast, the podcast where I teach you actionable and easy to implement sales tactics and techniques so you can walk away from each episode with a new insight that you can apply straight away to your sales process and sell more, more confidently. Let's get right into it. This is Sales with Kales. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode number 10. No, it's number 11 of the Sales with Kales podcast. Today, I got a special one for the special number 11. I have my brother, Corey Kales, coming on with me. Corey, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What is up, guys? Hope your day is going well in this quarantine madness. Yes, yes. Speaking of quarantine, how's your quarantine going? That's good. It's good. I can't complain, honestly. And it gives me more time to focus on the projects that I'm working on and also that we are working on. And um, I'm just taking advantage of the time. I can easily say, oh, it's it sucks and I can't do anything. Or I can use this to my advantage and put my mind to work. Definitely. And take advantage. Yeah. Mindset's everything. You can look at the good or the bad. Um, okay, let's jump into this. Today I've got some questions for you. We're just gonna talk. We'll tell some we'll let's actually start it off with back in the day when we used to sell olive oil together, because in my other podcasts, I talk about selling olive oil. I tell a few stories, but let's let's hear one of your stories you have with us selling olive oil. I think we can go back to even when we were Lobster? lobsters when, okay, we were, when we ran a lobster factory you want to want to take it off that's a good one yeah actually let's do that one that one i haven't mentioned so how old were we i was 13 and you were 11 like just turning 11 or 12 so i late 11 and our uncle uh we won't say his name for legal purposes because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know how we acquired that business but um he acquired a huge lobster. It was a factory. It was a big warehouse factory, right? And then he invited us for a couple months to run it during the busy seasons. The Christmas. And yeah, a whole, whole of a couple Christmas months, Jan- December and January into New Year too. And um, it would only be Jordan and I working there. He was there maybe popped in once in a while. Well, we didn't expect and- him to leave. Like, we didn't expect for him to leave we thought he'd be helping us and guiding us he kind of just threw us in you're freaking cooking lobsters so okay yeah let's paint a picture so do you remember the tanks that were there too like the big they were like swimming pool tanks and there was like at least 12 of them yeah filled with lobsters to the brim so Jordan would basically work the front and I would work the back. If you, if you would, you were like the waiter and I was like the chef, right? Yes. So people would come in and you would take their orders. And sometimes our roles, our roles reverse and we'll explain to you what we each did. But basically Jordan would, you know, take their orders and try and upsell them on crabs, on king crab meat and, and, and octopus and whatever. And then lobsters, of course. And, and what you, it was a really good experience for us to practice our community, to develop our communication skills. But uh, wow, we didn't know at all what we got ourselves into. 
And so that was Jordan's role. Your hands were pretty clean all the whole time. I'll tell you that. You didn't I get think, your hands dirty that much. I think those are, yeah, I think that was our first sales experience. Me, me there and you, <laughs> it was amazing. That was one of the best times when I think about it. That was great. Just 13 years old, lines filled with people upselling them on lobster and you're in the back i'm like Corey, let's get to it let's keep making and you'd come in the front and you do the stuff and, <laughs> and um, then, that was yeah. fun that was our thing our first sales experience and then we got into the olive oil and little things like that yeah so basically what we learned um from that was just to you know not only responsibility but communication skills and selling and not being afraid to ask for more if they want more not being afraid to be pushy right not pushy but um to upsell really right so we were trying to make our uncle a lot of money and the more money the more lobsters that we sold uh um, the more money was put into our pocket, but <laughs> we'll call it commission. <laughs> yeah, commission based. And so that was, yeah, that was early on in our lives. And then I think the, the people experience part of it's so important because so many people, um, we can segue this into our, what we're about to talk about, but get so nervous when it comes to even saying hi to someone like, just saying hi to a random person in line or, or starting or striking up a conversation with someone. And this can be related to prospecting too, right? Do you find that you, when you, I know now you're good, but when you first started your business, did you find that you used to struggle with in that initial engaging first conversation with people and you'd kind of avoid it because you didn't know what to say or you were scared? So, I know I've never had a problem with in engaging the conversation. I've always been good at that. I've definitely struggled with other things, sales and just communication related. But no, I've I've never personally experienced that. But I know a lot of people who have. Hans, um, I, I struggle with it yeah. big time. I struggle yeah. with it really big time. In what way did you struggle with it? Um, just talking to people, just saying hi to people. Cause I come from a very nervous background. Like I, in high school, I was very shy, very reserved. I was scared to even say hi to people. And a lot of people go, I'm introvert. I'm extrovert. Sure. There are introverts. There are extroverts. There's, there's ambiverts too. But at the end of the day is I, you can choose to be what you are. That's how I see it. For right. the part. I used to see myself. I used to view myself as being really, really shy. And I was really shy. I was afraid to say hi to anyone, but through repetition and practice and let's say rejection therapy, call it, and constantly saying hi to people, you overcome it. And now you become an extrovert or whatever it is. I don't want to get too much into the extrovert, introvert talk, but um, yeah. And now it's like, and it's helped so much with sales because now I'm no longer afraid to speak my mind, things like that. And I think that's really important when it comes to sales. Totally. totally. Let's jump into your when you did consultations, so you've been a, you transitioned now, we'll get into that, but you used to be a online coach, right? For health and nutrition development, right? Yeah. So I started my online fitness, you're talking about health and fitness coaching. Yeah. Start when, you, when you started your business. Yeah. Yeah. That was about five and a half years ago. I started my business and I started at it at the same time that I was an in per that I was in school for health and fitness promotion. So while I was learning how to train people, I I um 
was starting my own coaching business online and I started to get clients from my class. Right. How did you get those clients? Was it organic or, or did it you? Was, have- yeah. All organic from my class. Okay. Good. And, great. Um, yeah. I had three clients from my class. I charged like $70 a month each for them, which is nothing. And I remember putting hours and hours of work into their programs and into making sure that they're following their programs. And, um, all of that was organic. And while I was doing that, I was building my authority online. I was posting a lot of fitness instruction videos and motivational health stuff. Um, so yeah. tell us about when you started, tell me about when you started starting to see obviously that online following start to grow and you had to start to nurture, let's say leads and prospects and convert them into clients how did that your first experience with that go yeah it's a good question um so the first two years i i actually didn't nurture at all and i didn't know that i didn't intend to nurture it was a kind of accidental nurturing my prospects Mm -hmm. um if that makes sense but i was just focused so much on giving value and helping people and that is when people asked me what my coaching programs were. So you had a lot of inbound leads. People were actually reach warmer leads reaching out to you. The, yes. Asking about your business. Of, of my focus was solely on helping people and providing value-driven content. I didn't have to sell at all. People just wanted to work with me, no. right? So I didn't know how bad I, at sales I, I was until we started working together, which later we can get into. But so, um, yeah, and so I started charging upwards of um, the highest, before we started working together, mm-hmm. I was charging, I think, $1,500 for three months. So $500 a month with online coaching. Um, and the people who really wanted to work with me, I didn't even have to sell them. We had a conversation. I can help you. I can help you. Sure. And sign them on. But the ones that um, you know were new, they just found my page and they inquired. They, I couldn't sell them because I didn't, you know, I didn't learn what it, like the strategies, the communication and what selling really is. And I was nervous and I had a lot of stuff going on. Tell us about the nervousness. Tell, tell me about how, where you found that nervousness come in when obviously it's amazing because you provided with so much value that people ask you for coaching, but then yeah. when you kind of grow, grew your following, you had to do more prospecting and sales became more imp- imperative to the process. So tell yeah. me about when you started to feel that nervousness in when you were doing yeah. consultations yeah it was more than nervous like the nervousness didn't only push them away but it was more so the fear of asking for the sale so tell That's us where you struggle where were you struggle? so where did i struggle yeah so up until like i would get in a consultation like a video consultation on zoom and um it would be fine up until I'm getting close to the end. It's usually a 30, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour consultation. And then I know saying, okay, Jordan, based on what we talked about, I... Well, let's do it before we talk. Before we, you and I even talk, like your first few consultations. Same thing, yeah. The nervousness was only there cl- getting to the end of the sale. So right? you only so yourself- to ask for the money, I would feel this anxiety and nervousness and I would sweat and my face would get (laughs) by the end of these calls I would record my calls and my face would be a tomato 
And that nervousness and that neediness and that like, oh, I have to you know, close the sale, I have to get them, would not only push them away, but it was, it was throwing me off my game. I couldn't think. I was in this fight or flight mode. And, and that was a killer to my um, success in sales. Like I could have helped a lot more people if I learned the skills that you, know, you taught me in working with you and other people. So we can, we can go back to, because I remember a few when I started to analyze the, uh, your sales calls. What do you think was, because now obviously you're, you're much different. What do you think was the big transitional shift that you learned when it came to being more confident and effective? Like you're naturally like, even before you're in sales, like I always, I, you'd always, you'd be comfortable going up to people in the street saying, hi, I remember one time we were at Good Life Fitness and there were these two girls taking a photo in the mirror. I don't know if you remember this, but you just went right up to them. They're like doing selfies and you went up to them. You're like, can we, can I get in your picture guys? And you like, put your arms around them and join them. You didn't even know them. And like, that's, pretty, <laughs> you remember that? When was this? It's a pretty well? thing to do. Yeah. No, no, this was in, in the good life here near our house. Um, and there was a pretty confident thing to do. So you didn't struggle with that, like general confidence. No. Yeah, you're right. Like and I never, and I never got the feeling that you did, but when it comes, it's so funny because when it came to asking, like you're good with people. And when it came with asking for the sale, that nervousness came in. Right. And it's not like that was conditional in any way. It's not like you had experiences with that before, but that nervousness you felt, what was the big, again, transitional shift between that and then where you are today? I think it was an understanding that I was nervous because I was afraid of rejection. I think it all came down to that. And yeah, yeah, it was a few things. It was, again, my nervous system wasn't used to rejection. And so my nervous system was getting ready for that rejection. And so it would be nervous and it would sweat and it would go in fight or flight, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I learned to calm my nerves down during and before the sales call and practiced getting rejected and being okay with rejected and asking the hard questions like you showed me and like we worked together on, that's when that transition happened, right? right. But it was over time. It wasn't in a week or two days. It was actually in a month. I, do you know how much I've... And we'll talk about this after, but I, I did the work with you every single day and I practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. And a month later, I was completely a different, um, I hate to say salesperson, but I was a different communicator in selling my services, Yeah. period. Okay. Yeah. No, that's interesting. You say you hate to say salesperson. Let's, uh, what, I why did I knew, I knew I, you would do Cause that. it's so common. You know how many times I've talked to you when they say, listen, I don't want to be a salesperson because it's so stigmatized, but guess what? Everyone's a salesperson. It's, and it's how you, it's your definition of what a salesperson is. But a lot of personal trainers, for example, or online coaches don't want to be salespeople, but guess what? And tell me if you agree with this. If you don't consider yourself in to be in sales, you're not going to sell your services. You're not going to be able yeah. to sell them effectively. Sure, you might have clients who, like yourself, you provided an insane amount of value and they were just coming to you asking for you to onboard them as a client. But how much more did you grow when you started to see yourself as a salesperson and adopt your selling practices and strategies? How much I, more did your business yeah. grow? 
business girl, but I think for me, more importantly, is the, the, the fact that I was able to help more people and create more right. of an impact, right? right. So, you're so I think shot up. Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that, you know, f- helping people with their fitness wasn't my passion. And so I transitioned. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to transition for the last three years, but I was always afraid to do it. Why were you? Um, so what, what do you think was the kicker? Like, what, at what point were you just like, screw it, I'm in fitness, I'm actually doing really well, because you were doing pretty well in, uh, in online coaching. And what decided what led you to uh the idea of just saying you know it's screwed i'm abandoning this and going after something new from scratch yeah that's a good question um it it was a combination of a few things but for a few years for more than two and a half years i had this burning desire like this gnawing feeling at me that this is not what I'm meant to be doing. Yes, this is a stepping stone fitness, but it's not what I am meant to be doing. But you were Whereas, scared. Like you I said, you were scared. scared, right? But yeah, I was scared because I was scared of failure, right? Just like how in sales, I was scared of rejection. Right. Making this step, I was scared of failure. I was scared okay. of, oh, I'm going to lose all my followers. I'm not going to make any money. And I didn't make any money for a couple months after I transitioned, right? It did take some time. And I wasn't taking any more fitness clients because I couldn't have focused more on my new business. Um, so, so okay, so it was that. It was that gnawing. It was that burning, burning desire to transition. But it was also a lot of conversations I've had with close friends of mine and mentors that have kind of pushed me to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just, on January 1st, January 1st, I went, I met my friend Ali and he just pushed me right over the edge and said, metaphorically speaking, and he said, listen, Core, you got to do this. And so I did that. January 1st was the day when I fully transitioned. I let go of my identity as a fitness coach. Right. Um, so yeah, that's another story in of itself. Yeah, though. no, that's good. So let's, let's go back because I, I want to tell a story about the first sales call I analyzed uh, of yours. Uh, okay, this- so let's tell, let's, let's tell our audience then uh, why and how we started working together. Okay, go ahead. You start it. So um, basically, I was having trouble closing my higher cl- ticket packages. And I was, I noticed that um, something, I kept recording my sales calls and something was just not working. There was a missing piece in my sales calls. I would say my price. They'd say, oh, I have to think about it. I, I push, I push, I push. I have to think about it. And then I realized there was a problem. So when I raised my prices, a few things happened. I lacked, I I didn't believe people can afford it. I'm like, is my service even worth it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was nervous, right? Afraid, fearful. And then uh, I know Jordan, he, this is like all, this is all you do, right? You study books, you study people, and you, you immerse yourself in the sales community, right? And you do everything you can. That's your one thing, right? And I see that the success you've had at the gym that we worked at and in building the personal training department and coaching other trainers as well to sell more. And so I said, you know what? Let's work together. I paid you a pretty penny mm-hmm. for one month of coaching. Um, yeah. Okay, and then you take it off. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so I guess we could get into uh, – okay, so we, we, did, we did work together for one month, and this was – super hands-on, uh, analyzing, you were recording your sales calls. So that first sales call, how were you doing the months prior in terms of, actually, we'll get into that after, but how, so your first sales call that I analyzed, we're not going to disclose any names though. No names. We're going to avoid all names, but 
I remember you're doing the call. You're doing good. There are a few questions you could have asked, but overall you're good because you have a decent background in sales. You've been in sales since you were 13. Like you have a background in sales. It's not like you're Younger just jumping 13. I was, I was, yeah, I got my, I had a few guitar students when I was uh, 12. Yeah. Teaching guitar yeah. was 12. You were always in sales, but right. And even with the olive oil, like we did a lot of sales and yeah. that first sales call that I analyzed still. So it's good. It's a solid foundation you had. And then when it came to objections, I remember this particular person and you know who I'm talking about said they had to think about it before you even asked for the price, before you even <laughs> told them your price. Was that the first one? Yeah. That was, that the, was first, the first that one. That was the first and one you saw, right? That's the first one I saw. I God, I don't even want to think about the ones that I didn't see before that. <laughs> so, so she said, I was on the phone, I was on the Zoom video um, chat for about an hour and um and just, I had no structure and I was nervous. And before I even asked for the sale, she goes, okay, it sounds good, Corey. Uh, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. Yeah. And I didn't and let her go right then. I didn't let her get off the phone. Because this is when I, we started talking about handling objections a little bit too, right? So you had like, we, this was like, we talked for like maybe 20 minutes before. So you wanted to overcome that, but you didn't even go, you never told her your price at all. Never. No. Never once said what your price is. You started battling her objections and, and tell us your take on it. I, I think in the most um, simplistic way of describing my problem I had with that particular sale and a few other ones was the fact that, like you said, I didn't know how to handle objections and how to assert myself. But you've right? been in sales for a long time. How do you find that to be the case? It's different selling a $50 item versus a $5,000 item. Two different things. You have to have two different levels of confidence. Right. Yeah. You okay. know, and that, that, is the, that is a big difference. One, you're asking for a huge sum of money, especially for online coaching. It's not nothing tangible. Right, it's having a per you're investing in a person and yourself, not something that you can bring home right away. It, there's a lot of trust that needs to be um, involved in that, but not only trust, there's a few other things as well. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so. So then from that sales call, and that was I, I remember we laughed about it for a while, we had some good, laughs. Oh, yeah laughed about it you were we would play we would play it back and laugh yeah. so hard at what i said and the reactions of my prospects and man, i learned to, we learned a lot from that like the biggest thing i would say any anyone who's listening who sells or services always record whether if it's on the phone or on zoom always record and and learn from your uh, sales conversations and watch it like not once, not twice, but a few times and study yourself and then take notes. And that's what I did with your help. And it, wow, it completely transformed me. Completely. So how much were you making a month, the month before that, before the month? Uh, before, really? Six, five and a half, 6,000 on average. And then that month that um, you and I worked hands on, what did you sell that month? So that month, so it wasn't the same month. It was a month after. A month after. It was actually two weeks after. Two weeks From after. two weeks after to a month after that, fourteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Big so jump. I jumped. I, I increased my. It was like a hundred what seventy five percent. Um, from from saying, you know what, I am going to get good at selling. 
I'm going to get good at something, not in a manipulative way, but in a genuine, authentic, and empathetic way. I'm going to, it is my duty to help these people, and there is something that's coming in the way, so I'm going to fix it. I invested in you, okay? I'll just tell, well, tell how much I paid. I paid you, what, $15,500 Canadian. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. And, uh, we were going to do three months. Remember, we were going to do three months yeah, for $5,000. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't even need, I fired you after a month because you've done such a good job yeah. at helping me. So, yeah. um, you know, too bad yeah, you didn't make the extra. Oh, know. I don't care. Cause to be I, honest, if you can learn what, what I taught you in one month, that's the goal, right? Like you do your job to help people. That's fine. The money's, the, the money's good. The money's fine, whatever. But the truth is, for you to learn that you're also a very coachable person, which is great. That uh, helps. But for you to take all that and to see what one month can do when it comes to sales coaching, when you really put your mind to it, it's pretty easy stuff to learn. But the question, the, 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 the struggle is no one really knows. Like you've been in sales for so long and you didn't really know how to handle a few key things. And once you make that quick shift, that transition, it's like, bang your confidence, everything goes up. And I'm sure that didn't just affect that sole area in your business. I'm sure it rippled into other areas where you felt more confident about, did it not? For sure. For sure. And other, um, in just other relationships, I wasn't, you know, afraid to assert myself and ask just harder and more simple questions that got that drew the answer out of people Right. And um, something, the question, like, why? Like, the simple question that we went over so many times, like, why? Why do you think that? Or tell me more. Yeah. Right. And you never it's used just, to do that before, right? You never used to question people. people. Never. I was always afraid. And so, what, what we learned, what we talked about, and really what we're putting into this course um, is everything that you know and I know combined. And, um, yeah, and so the, the there's it's hard to say the biggest thing that I've learned yeah. because there's so many different things that I learned um, when working with you and in 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 intending to be a better salesperson um, is it's just so many different things. But I learned confidence in myself, assertiveness, communication skills, and just being empathetic and truly wanting to help the person who's in front of me and that is yeah all those things combined see it's funny that you say confidence because this is an important takeaway is that you before anyone would consider you like a confident person who has a high level of self-esteem right but there's a different kind of confidence when it comes to like you're very accepting of who you are you you're not an insecure person right but mm. there's a different type of confidence that comes with having the confidence in your product or in your service, in your case, that is much different than that self-esteem you have. And for me, I'll be honest, the, big, the biggest shift I've ever made in sales, and this has rippled into every area of my life, whereas every, my relationships, everything in my life has improved when this one thing, it's literally finding the confidence to ask for the sale in an assertive way, Mm -hmm. rippled into every area of my life to the point where now everything I do is done with more confidence. 
Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the one thing, literally mm-hmm. the one thing. I don't know if you can relate, but that's for me. That's why I try and yeah. share that with everyone and how to do that because I've seen what it did for myself. And it just makes sales so much more enjoyable. I used to hate sales. I used to hate because I used to be so nervous. I used to actually, when, when people would come to me and I was whatever in sales, I remember when we, when we were doing the olive oil, when yeah. someone would want to come in the booth, I just, I want to avoid it because I was anxious to ask for the sale. So I'm like, oh, just, I'm too, I don't, I don't have the mental energy to deal with rejection right now. And I don't have to do this. Like I was thinking so much of myself. So it's crazy that, um, that little shift, how much impact it can have. Yeah. Yeah. And how much energy it brings you to, because it's not draining because you know, you know simply that you can you have the confidence to ask for that sale and yeah thinking back it's like that was the hardest thing is it's literally putting wearing you know kind of like wearing your heart on your sleeve and them saying yes or no or maybe or I'll think about it and you're opening yourself up to rejection and i think there's a lot of truth in 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 the fact that it's biologically, we should be scared of selling because biologically, we we are afraid of rejection because many thousand years ago, rejection meant death in our tribes because our tribesmen would kick us out if we were rejected and we would be eaten by a lion or tiger or bear or whatever, right? So we have this natural embedded fear within us human beings of rejection. And once we work on, you know, being okay with rejection by slowly asking, you know, slowly getting outside of your comfort zone and, and saying hi to that person and asking, you know, asking for something. I always ask for a discount. So tell us about right? that. I thought that was, I thought that was very interesting. I love that you do this. Every, yeah. So, so yeah, just to bring that full circle, um, uh, intending to, to grow outside of your comfort zone will have an, a, a direct, um, you know, improvement in your sales, but also in every other aspect in your life. Okay, now with the re- with the rejection part, um, I don't I don't know when I started this or why I started this. I think I got it from our mom, Jordan. But I would all I don't even th- I don't even know that, or maybe I saw it somewhere and I forgot about it. But every almost ninety percent of places that I go to, except for like restaurants that are like high class, um, but I always ask for a discount or for something free right? Always. And for no reason. And you'd be surprised that a lot of the times I get free shit. You'd be surprised what you can get. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when people, obviously, you know, in your service and and my service, you never give real discounts. You never give discounts. I'd never Mm -hmm. advocate giving discounts. But anytime someone asks and has the courage to just ask for a discount, it's not an easy thing to do. I always, I always, uh, um, um, appreciate them asking. I would say, listen, I appreciate you asking that. Um, there's, it never hurts to ask. It's always really good to ask because if you don't ask, you truly don't know what you're going to get. And like you said, you ask, you get. And I think it's important to note that there's a difference between asking a service, a discount for a service and a discount for a huge corporation for a, a meal or a coffee and a donut, right? If, if you're paying a coach, for example, if you're talking, if you're sitting down in a consultation with them and they're going to help you transform your life, whatever, and let's say their price is $15,000 for three months and you ask for a discount, what you're, 
what the subtext is, what you're saying is that I don't think you are worth that much and I don't think I am worth that much to invest in myself, right? right? So there's a difference between asking for discounts and, and it's not bad to ask for discounts, but um, that comes down to knowing what you're worth. But that's again a different discussion, right? Yeah, so for all can. the coaches you know, who are listening, and 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 or consultants or freelancers if if your prospects are asking you for a discount and believe me a lot of people ask me the best answer is what jordan um if yeah if someone's asking for always always acknowledge that you know say tell them what i do is when someone asks me for a discount i always tell them it's again it's great to ask it's always good to ask for a discount because if you don't ask you're never gonna know and then you tell them this is the great thing i don't know if you do this but i say is this a question of price or a question of value right mm-hmm. and if you ask them that they're gonna think and they're they're either gonna know what you're talking about or they're gonna say one or they're gonna say how do you mean and then i always use that as a springboard to jump into and i actually talked about this on my last podcast say look my services are $3,000. I do not give discounts, but let me ask you a separate question. If we were to do this for the next, let's say you're, let's say you're a, a, the business coach, you're trying to grow their business, right? right? If we were to do this for the next three months, three months, and the impact you saw was an extra $10,000 in recurring revenue on a month-to-month basis, and your business were to grow that much, would the $3,000 investment, number one, be worth it to you? Yes or no? Of course, mm-hmm. you're going to say yes. No one's going to say no. And you've done the job in creating that value. And the <laughs> second thing is, though, and is it really going to matter mm-hmm. if you're paying $3,000 or $2,800, the $200 discount? It's an extra $200. You yeah. said it's going to be worth it. Let's yeah. go ahead. Let, let's do it anyways. What do you say? Something mm-hmm. like that, right? And it mm-hmm. just brings things full circle to the value because people often get stuck on the pennies when in reality, they don't think about the overall value that they're getting. Everyone wants a discount though at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You never give them though. Don't give them. Yeah. Um, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point. So you're right. Like sales is so uh, overlapping with everything, every other um, branch in life. If, if you, if one person, if, if you get good in sales, you're good in relationships, you're good at your job. You're good at, at, um, at, um, you know, everything negotiating anything, not even negotiating oh. communication. I, I see sales now. It's just communication. Absolutely. That's all it is. Right? Everything I look at is viewed through the lens of sales. Now, when my friends want to go to a certain, for example, when your friends, my friends, they want to go to a certain bar and I don't want to go to that bar or they want to go out and I want to stay in. That's a negotiating conversation. That's literally in its essence, at its core, a natural sales conversation. Your friends yeah. want to go somewhere that you don't, you want to go somewhere else, that's sales right there. Relationship. You want to try and convince your, your you want to get your girlfriend, your wife, your husband to go to uh, a restaurant that they don't necessarily like, that's a sales conversation right there. Everything mm-hmm. in life is sales depending on how you look at it. So for the for people to say that they don't want to be considered a salesperson or they don't want to be in sales, it's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't you agree? A hundred percent, one hundred percent. And like, don't get me wrong, it 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 wasn't easy to get good at sales. It wasn't easy. 
Um, but I really, really wanted to be a good communicator and effective salesperson because I really wanted to sell my services and help more people. Mm-hmm. And so I did the work, you know, like I did the work every single day yeah. and I, I hustled and I practiced and I, and I was uncomfortable, especially during some sales calls. And I, that got better. That's where I got better. It's never um, fun. It's never fun. It's the worst. But initially, yeah, when, you, when you're getting to that place, it's never fun. But growing is not fun. You think a caterpillar enjoys shedding its old skin or body to become a butterfly? I don't, I don't think that feels good. No. Maybe it does feel good. I don't. The, I ch- no, no, I, I doubt it does. <laughs> Uh, you shedding all your skin growing out of your butterfly. <laughs> this is how I look at everything now, though. This is how I encourage other people to look at it. Look, it sucks. Growth is shitty. It hurts. There's a lot of stuff that's painful. And, some, and th- I look at everything this way, right? How I view something, how I implore other people to view it is look. For you, let's relate it to you, for example. It sucked. It was awful going through that rejection, that change, that change therapy to say but at the end of the day the question is 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 that type of sacrifice the time sacrifice the mental sacrifice the psychological sacrifice going to be worth it and reap its rewards at the end of the day after one month two months three months if the answer is yes and it's important to you and it's going to have a big impact on your life what other reason is there to not do it seriously Mm-hmm. And this is, this is especially imperative to the people who talk about ch- wanting to change. It's different if it's not important to you and you don't care, but there are people who talk about wanting to make a positive change in their life, maybe with weight loss, starting their own business, and they talk about it for years and years and years and years, and they never end up getting around to doing it because it's too hard. It's too overwhelming. They don't know what to do. But the mental pain of being in that same space the space of just not making that effort is ends up being more painful than just doing it. Would you agree to that? Yeah. And I think when it becomes, the pain becomes more, the pain of staying the same, like you said, becomes more than doing it. That's when people change. That's when I change. Cause I was so, I was, I was so much in pain of staying the same shitty salesperson that I said, fuck it. I am just going to change and go through that growth. Yeah. It sucks though because that's the that's the true statement. I don't like that statement because you can be you can be waiting for years for that pain to increase to a point where it's worse than the pain of changing. And if you're only changing because the pain was so bad, how much time are you wasting and how much time is going by before you're actually making a positive change? Years can go by. That's why I said I like to think about things from look if i go through this pain will i be happy with the outcome yeah and this yeah. is this is the number one thing that helps me with sales too is like when someone tells me it's too expensive or or you know they just don't know if it's the right thing i said look it is you're absolutely right it's too expensive number one if you don't use it everything's too expensive too expensive and not worth your time if you're not using it that's a that's a right. given but right. the question is if you did use it you found a way to use it fluently and you saw right. the results that it has to offer then would you be happy in the end that you did it? What would you say to me if it actually worked out? And you're either going to say, yes, it's going to be great, or no, I wouldn't be happy I did it. One person in my life, I was selling, I was selling, this is when I was selling uh, training, personal training, only one person said that it wouldn't be worth it. Wow, and that's a lot of honesty for her, good for her or them. Which is great, but every other person shows you how powerful the question is, is would it be worth it? Um, Um. 
to ask in sales because it's uh, um, it breaks things down. So it gets them to visualize and says, listen, if you do this, would it be worth it? That's everything coming out there. Like, yes, it would be worth it if I can get there for this. And that's yeah. a great question that I love to ask. Yeah. And that's the thing that you taught me too, is to ask those hard questions. Now they're not hard to ask. It's hard for whoever's on that receiving side of the questions. But the most simple and powerful questions are often the hardest to ask, right? Yeah. Because just why? Like why? Yeah. And or like what you just said before, like if like if, if you get the objection that I can't right now, I have to think about it. It's like something like, okay, what do you have to think about? We've been sitting here for an hour. You discussed, you told me that how this service, whatever that is, would change your life, your business, your relationship, whatever. So Jordan, what more do you have to think about? And it's kind of like just having that honest and open communication as you would with your spouse, hopefully, with your prospect. And when you, when you can be confident in setting that tone, that honest communication, that is when you can have a both like a flow, a two flowing open streams of communication that, that is mutually beneficial to the, 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 um, the conversation. And that's when, okay, if, if you don't, if this isn't a priority for you right now, Jordan, then now is not a good time to work together. Okay. Totally. totally. And it's about calling people out too on their bullshit. And yeah. as, as someone who is selling a service that you genuinely know can change your life, you shouldn't be afraid to call your prospects out on their bullshit. That is your obligation and that is your duty. And I learned that the hard way. And it's true. I still struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, it's like, something I've said that every day. Here's yeah, the thing, practice. right? The hardest thing that I ever had to ask anyone, the hardest question is the easiest question to ask, but it's always, for me, it was the hardest. Asking someone why. Like, yeah. why do you even want to do this? If someone tells me, like so often people get stuck, like this is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. I want to, I want to grow my social media or I want to grow a following to start making whatever money and whatever. But why, why do you even want to do it? If you're, if wherever you are, if you're in a place, why do you want to do that? Just that why question is so powerful. But mm-hmm. on the topic, what you were just saying is, yeah, man, you have to be a lead. You have to be a leader and be assertive and call people out. Um, And this gives the motivation to do this for myself is backed by experiences. When people have came to me three months after, and I swear this, there's no better feeling than this. And one guy came to me, you know, the story. And he says, Jordan, thank you for seeing me. He used the word. Now I didn't know how I felt about it, but he literally used the word forcing. He said, thank you for forcing me to do this. He literally felt like I forced his hand, but it changed his whole life. And yeah. that's where it comes from. What you're doing, you have to have a good intention behind it. Mm-hmm. You have to have good intentions. And if you do, people will thank you after. Yeah. Well, but sometimes, then, you know what? Sometimes people need a little push. That's just what it is. We're lazy people. We, like, we don't like change. We like our comfort zone. You got to be a leader. Sometimes you got to be a little bit. Uh, yeah. You got to have a, you got to push people a little bit, not in a bad way. No, um, but you got to push people. Some you gotta people, push people you gotta yeah. from a push. Um, what else should we wrap it up there? How long have we been going for? It's an hour so far. This is, we can still talk more. Um, we can this talk is great, man. Yeah. I mean, we're, as your audience knows, we're, we're working, we have been working for a few months on this course, more than a few months. And, um, 
it is just like even talking about now after this episode, it's like I can, we can even add another aspect to the course. Oh man. Um, yeah. There's, there's so much, but, but we'll get into the thing that. Is with sales, the, the most important thing is, is that sales is all about communication and being a leader, right? But not a manipulative, a manipulative leader, but being someone who genuinely wants the best for people. And those are the best sales people are the ones that actually care and want to help. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's Let's end it on that. Let's end it on that. All right. Thanks for so, having me, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully, uh, uh, whoever's listening got some good value. We kind of ramble. We didn't really have a script, but I like the way when we do when we do it that anyway. So, this has been Sales with Kales. Hope you, everyone's enjoyed. Everyone's having a good day. Staying safe. Take care.